Welcome Hills Church to week seven of Church Online. Can you believe that? When we began seven weeks ago, did any of us think it might last this long? And now we know it's going to last longer. Uh, and this season is feeling so strange to me. Is anyone else having trouble remembering what day it is? Because they all feel the same, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. In fact, I thought it might help you. I did a little research, and I learned that today is April the 87th. Doesn't <laughs> it kind of feel that way? So we're all having to adapt to this reality that we're in. I'm having to adapt. I mentioned in the beginning, I'm having to learn how to preach in an empty room, and that was no fun. Well, recently we made a change. Now I'm pre-recording my message to make sure it gets to you in the right form at the right time. But that's hard, too. It's unsettling to preach to an empty room, but let me tell you what's really unsettling. To be at home on Sunday watching myself preach. But the good news is, last week I did lead myself to Christ, but I'm st it still feels weird. It all feels weird. We are in one reality, and we're all longing for another reality. But the truth is, as Christians, we ought to be better at this than most people, because that's who we are, people living in one reality, longing for another reality. For example, the Apostle Paul is in prison thinking about his future, and this is what he wrote in the book of Philippians. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I could do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Paul says, I'm in this reality where I can do a lot of kingdom good, but I long for a different reality. He says, I long to go and be with Christ. Let me ask you, what does this current season cause you to long for? I'm going to be honest. I hope you don't think I'm too shallow, but I'll admit it. I long to sit at a table with a basket of chips, a bowl of salsa, and a plate of cheese enchiladas. I really do long for that. I long to watch live sports again. I long to see my friends. I, I long to hold my great niece that has been born a few weeks back and I haven't even able to see yet. I long to be back together as a church where I can see your faces and listen to you sing. In fact, I'm going to give everybody a ticket good for one free hug of Preacher Rick. Just one, and you can put it on eBay if you want. But I mean, that's how much I long for these things. But, but Paul's words convicted me. Can I say, I long. To go and be with Christ. See, Paul understood we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we've got to embrace this tension. We live with kind of what I would call a holy discontent. Because this reality is not the reality we truly want. Now, that doesn't mean we whine, but it does mean that we groan. When we think about home, and by the way, we're commanded to think about home. Again, Paul from prison says in Colossians 3, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Because here's the deal. We all know that one of the enemy's chief strategies is to try to get us to set our sights on realities that we hope will satisfy this deep ache in our soul, and they never deliver. 
Uh, we can't drink enough. We can't pop enough pills. We can't run enough miles. We can't watch enough Netflix. We can't go to enough parties. We can't make enough money to satisfy something deep inside us. And here's why. I think C.S. Lewis put it well in the book, Mere Christianity. Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for these desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there's such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there's such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I, I really do believe that. There's something inside us that yearns, that longs, that's never going to be satisfied in this current reality. And so the word I want to bring to you today that I want to stay with you is simply this, that we need to long for what we're made for, that we shouldn't settle for, well, it is what it is. No, we should have something deep inside us, deep in our spirit that yearns not for it is what it is, but for what it ought to be. Uh, scripture says we're displaced people, we're aliens, we're strangers. We refuse to believe that it doesn't get any better than this. So we live with this holy discontent. Paul talks about it in Romans 8. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. You hear what Paul is saying? We long for what ought to be. We don't settle for what is. I just want to share with you in this teaching some things that we should be longing for as followers of Jesus. And let's just start with the first thing Paul mentioned. We long for a release from fallenness. Paul says, I, we long to be released from sin and suffering. And here's the thing. We've never known a reality without sin and suffering. So if we're not careful, it'll start to feel very normal. That death and decay will just feel ordinary but the closer i get to jesus the more i realize how far this world has fallen in john chapter 11 jesus gets word that his friend lazarus has died he goes to the tomb where lazarus is buried and the bible says that jesus wept really deeply wept and I wondered, why, Jesus? You're about to raise him from the dead. Here's my thought, that in that moment, Jesus felt deep in his spirit the impact of the curse. That he knew more than anyone, this is not the world we were meant for. This is not the world we were made for. He saw the devastation and the mourning and the grief and the sadness and the travesty that curse has brought to the world, and it broke Jesus' spirit. He mourned over a cursed world. Death was never meant to be normal. Normal is supposed to be no sickness and no crime and no pollution and no cemeteries. Normal is not supposed to be chemo and 
divorce courts and metal detectors and prayers for healing. But too often we're like the children of Israel. They have been delivered from Egypt and they're invited by God to step into a future, a better future, a better home. And what do they do? They long to go back to what they knew. They long to go back because bondage felt normal to them. And I wonder how much like them we might be. We are setting our hearts, we're setting our affections on a world that it can never deliver. It can only give us bondage. And we weren't designed for this. We weren't designed in the image of God to live in this kind of world. By the way, God gives us His Holy Spirit to help us remember this. Again, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 that God anointed us. He set His seal of ownership on us and He put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That the Holy Spirit is God's gift to us to keep us yearning and longing for what ought to to be i do i yearn to be released from the fallenness of creation but i also have to be honest i yearn to be released from the brokenness in me i am so tired of the constant battle of the pool of sin in my life no, yes, I know the Holy Spirit is producing fruit in me. I know I'm changing. I know I'm growing more into the image of Jesus. But that work is not yet perfected. And the battle with the pool of sin is so wearisome. I know I don't love people as well as I should. I know that my mind sometimes goes to places I don't want it to go. I know that words come out of my mouth that I want to take back as soon as I speak them. I long for the day. When I will love everyone as effortlessly as Jesus did. I long for the day when my mind will only entertain thoughts that are pure and noble. I long for the day when if a word comes out of my mouth, it is going to be full of grace and truth. I long to be released from my brokenness. I long to be released from this fallenness. I live in a world that is just too fallen to ever feel like home i was made for a better world i was made for the new earth and so some years ago i was at a conference and i was one of the speakers on the last day of the conference and right after me was a speaker named joni erickson tata and many of you know her uh, and by the way, if you're ever at a conference, try not to speak right in front of Joni Erickson Tata. She was amazing as she talked about heaven. Now, Joni, as a teenager, had a diving accident. She was paralyzed from the neck down. And this brings with it many devastating consequences. She can't feel when she hurts herself, when she bruises herself. She's taught herself to sense an increase in her blood pressure. And she calls for her assistant, a woman named Francie, who comes in and takes off her clothes and rolls her naked body on a couch to see if there's an abrasion or a wound that Joni can't feel. Imagine how humiliating that would be. And it was in one of those sessions that Joni, in a rare moment of despair, just said, I hate this. When can I be rid of this stupid paralysis? Francie just 
gently reclothed her, left the room, stuck her head back in the door and said, I bet you can't wait for the resurrection, can you? And Joni said, in that moment, the Holy Spirit flooded her with the scripture she had stored in her heart, like, when we see him, we shall be like him. What is sown perishable will be raised imperishable. What is sown in weakness will be raised in power. We have received an inheritance that can never spoil or perish or fade. And she found herself in a loud voice saying with a smile, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Because we weren't made for fallenness. And we weren't made for loneliness. Oh, I long for a removal of loneliness. And you know, this current season we're in has made this yearning only increase. Now, I completely understand why we're practicing social distancing. And like you, I do pray that these measures we're taking are flattening the curve of the virus and leading to a sooner return to life that we want. Here's what I know, though. That loneliness is a devastation in itself. That living in isolation is also a very devastating disease. We weren't made to live this way. God said early in the Bible, it's not good for man to be alone. By the way, he said that before the curse. That God said before sin entered the world, it's not good for man to only have a relationship with me. He, I've designed, I created the man to have a relationship with others. I think that's why in the last two chapters of the Bible, when we talk about our new home, the new heaven and the new earth, uh, it's called a city 15 times. A city. And, and not just there. In Hebrews 13, it says, For here we do not have an enduring city. I, I don't care how much you like Dallas or Fort Worth or New York or Boston or Paris or London. Those cities are not enduring. They will not last. No, we are looking for the city that is to come. Now, now, why did the Spirit inspire John to describe the new home as a city? I think it's because heavenly life is going to be communal life. We were made to do life together. Now, all you introverts, don't freak out on me. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms, so you're going to get your own room. We're going to let you go and have your quiet time every day. But the reality is, we were made to thrive in connecting in fellowship with one another. I so look forward to that. I look forward to the reunion heaven's going to bring me with family and with friends. Uh, I did a series on heaven some years ago and in those time between, uh, I've lost my mother. Jamie's lost her mother and father. I long to see them again. I lost my best friend last year. I long for that reunion. I long to talk to heroes of faith. Can you imagine sitting with Paul and talking theology? Or talking to Stephen about what it's like to be willing to be martyred for Jesus. And the heroes of faith in the years between. I, I want to talk to the people in the house churches in China and ask them, how could you be so strong in such a tough environment? I long to experience the different cultures of all the diversity that's going to be in the new city of all the peoples that have lived. And you know what I long for? To meet the people that had an impact on me that I never knew. The people that generations ago brought my family to Christ. The people that raised the people that raised the people that raised the people that started our church. To meet the people that I've impacted I'll never meet. 
through the churches we've planted, through starting schools like Livingstone International University in East Africa. What an amazing reunion heaven is going to be. It's the family I've always wanted. I was reminded of this years ago. I saw a movie called Antoine Fisher. It's a story of a young black man that was born in prison. His father was dead. He never knew his mother. Sent to foster homes where he had to endure unspeakable evils. It created in him an anger that never left him. He joined the Navy. He was in counseling, and a kind counselor said, Antoine, you need to find your family. I don't have a family. Yes, you do, Antoine, and you need to find them. And toward the end of the movie, Antoine learns he does have family, family that never even knew he was alive. And I want to show you a clip from this movie, a scene where Antoine enters a home, and he meets the family he always needed. Because I wonder if our first few moments in heaven might be something a little like this. Hey, what are you doing? I'm your Uncle Horace. Get out the way, Horace. Come on, baby. Oh. Oh. My dad named me after your father. He's my brother Ray. What's up, dog? What's cracking, man? Hey, y'all, I'm your cousin Jason, man. What's up? All right, boys, open up. You know, when I see that scene, and, and by the way, there is going to be awesome food in heaven. We'll talk about that later. But when I see that scene, I am reminded of what Jesus promised, that the day is coming when we're going to be gathered at a feast.
and Abraham is going to be there and Isaac is going to be there and Jacob is going to be there. I long for that meal. But most of all, I long to see who's going to be sitting at the head of the table. That what I long for the most is a return of closeness. And here's what I mean by that. We were created for extreme intimacy with God. When God created Eden, it was the place where he could dwell and man could dwell. And they experienced such close fellowship. And of all the things we lost when we lost Eden, closeness with God was the worst. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 59 has this powerful word. He says, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. Have you ever had a deep relationship with anybody in your life when you couldn't see their face? See, that's what sin has done. Sin has clouded our vision of God. Yes, I know that we have Jesus as the representation of God. I know that we have the Holy Spirit to help us connect with God. But still, in this cursed world and in these cursed bodies, there's just a dimension of intimacy with God we can't know. That's why I so long for the curse to be removed. And it's also the reason why I worship and I praise the Lord Jesus. Because He came to do something about the curse. His name is He Saves. He came to save us from our sins. To take the curse upon Himself. To deal with that which keeps us from seeing the face of God. His death and His resurrection have now freed me from the penalty of sin. His Spirit is now freeing me from the pull of sin. And His return will forever liberate me from the presence of sin. And with His return comes the world I was made for. Let's go to the end of the Bible, chapter 21 of Revelation. John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And look at the very next chapter. It gets even better. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And His servants will worship Him. And watch this. And they will see His face. I think it's significant when John describes that holy city. He describes this huge, enormous dimension and it's a perfect cube that may not mean anything to you but to any hebrew it would have said wait a second the holy of holies was a perfect cube and what is john seeing he's saying that in our future home 
God's presence is going to be everywhere. The whole city is going to be his temple and God is going to reside with his people. It's the home we were made for. I hope you're yearning for it. I hope you're longing for it. You're longing for what you're made for. Uh, I heard the story of a man who walked in a park and he saw a little boy and he's holding a string and the string goes up into the clouds and you can't see what's at the end of the string. He said, what you doing? I'm flying a kite. How do you know the kite's up there? And the little boy said, I know it's there because I can feel the tug. And that's how I feel about my home. I know it's there. I can feel the tug. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, we set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. We long for what we were made for. So, dear friends, let's ask for what we long for. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I want you to understand that prayer is more than just a petition. That prayer is an offering. We're offering ourselves to God. We're asking God to use us to give this world a foretaste of heaven. One day there's not going to be any illness. On this day, we take care of the sick. One day there's not going to be any hunger. Today we feed the hungry. One day there's not going to be any poverty. Today we serve the poor. One day there's not going to be any loneliness. Today we reach out and we touch and contact the people who feel isolated. One day there's not going to be any sin. So today we pursue holiness. We are to give the world a preview of coming attractions. We ask for what we long for. And that reminds me of a story of a small Florida town back in before the Civil Rights Act was ever passed. And every time there was an election, they would go to their community center and this black community would rent a voting machine, even though their votes were never counted. And if they were asked, why are you going to vote when your votes aren't counted? Why are you wasting your time? The leaders would say, we're not wasting our time. We're practicing. And I love that. And that's what we're doing now. We're practicing for what's coming. We're practicing. We're embodying. We're displaying. We're giving a glimpse of our future. Let's long for what we're made for. And let's ask for what we long for. Because I want to tell you something, friend. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to look forward to normal. I hope you do too. Let's pray. And so God, please bless this word. Anoint this message to comfort hearts, to challenge out-of-line values, and to increase in all of us the yearning for the world you want. We want your glory, God, to fill the earth. We want everyone to to know that you have invited them to the table. And so, God, use us to give the world, to give our neighbor a glimpse, a reminder 
an assurance that home is coming. And thank you for coming, Jesus, to take the curse away so that we can be sure of these things. Lord Jesus, we pray, come quickly. Amen.